Uh, this is our second week of the 1130. I don't think we're nearly excited enough, though. Like it's, uh, 1130 is all the people who want to sleep in, right? That's who we are. That's like at the core of who we are. That's it. So let's just, let's just, I just want everybody just to be excited about being here today one time really fast. 1130, are we excited to be here? Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to jump into God's Word today, but before we do that, I want to share, so we're in this message series called Rumble Strip, right? The whole idea is that Rumble Strip's on the side of the interstate, letting you know when you start veering off. I was driving back from Birmingham on Friday night. I left Birmingham at 10.30, about a four-hour drive, so I was just, I was in it. 10.30, I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to wind down about 10.30, I'm about done, but I couldn't be, I had to be focused. And let me just say, across that time, I had an intimate relationship with the Rumble Strip. You know what I'm saying? I just kept veering over and spending time with that Rumble Strip, but it kept me on the road. I didn't veer off. I'm here today. Thankful for that. God has given us some Rumble Strips to keep us focused, to keep us in the way he wants us to go. We're going to talk about one of those today. I realized in my preaching, uh, probably about six months ago, that often I would, I would say something that was just kind of, I don't know if I should do it. I would usually break people up into two different groups. I'd say, well, really, there's just two kinds of people. And then I'd just fill in the blanks, whatever I wanted to do for my sermon that day. You do this too. You're talking, you're like, well, there's two kinds of people. And it's always one kind of people you like and then one kind of people you don't like, right? One thing that you are and one thing that you're not. For instance, for instance, there's two kinds of people in this world. One kind of person puts up their grocery cart when they're done. The other kind leaves it out because you are immature, you weren't raised right, you haven't developed right, you don't love people, you don't care what happens, and you're just a selfish person. Can I get an amen, amen from anybody? Amen. From the people who do it, who leave your carts out? Anybody amen? Okay, so that's, like, that's just one of those things. It's a, it's a pet peeve. It's a pet peeve of mine. Like that, there's two kinds of people. Uh, there's, there's two kinds of people. There's people who floss their teeth every day, and then there's people who floss their teeth one day before the dentist and one day after the dentist, which I think most of us. And I'm just, I don't know, somehow, like, I was raised right, my mama loved me or something, she taught me to floss, but I don't understand how, like, you can go to bed with a piece of steak step between your back molars. I don't know how people do this. This is mind-blowing to me that that is something, like, there's two kinds of people. There's people who are okay with that piece of stuck, steak being stuck between your teeth, and then there's people who just floss, like floss people. Right? It's simple. It's not complicated. There, there's two kinds of people. There's people who are part of a group, and you have to make sure everybody knows about that group. And there's people who are normal and well-adjusted. Like there's, there's like CrossFitters over here, right? Like if, if, someone, if you have a friend who's a CrossFitter, you learned it before you learned their first name, right? You just learn, like if you're a CrossFitter, you let everybody know. If you're a vegan, you let everybody know that. If, you, if you're part of a multi-level marketing thing, Everybody knows that really fast as well, right? Like you just put, there, there's two kinds of people. There's, there's those people and there's these people. This is the one I'm maybe most uh, passionate about. There's two kinds of people. There's people who put the seat down when they're done with the toilet. And then there's people who recognize that any well-adjusted human being should be able to move their own seat when they need to use the bathroom. And just like, hey, move your own seat. Put it up and put it down. You know what I'm saying? I just made some enemies with that one. You can tell I'm single. I'm not married, right? If I were married, I would have a different opinion on that. Two kinds of people. It's easy to break the world down, and there's these people and these people. It's political parties. It's by values. It's break it down however, but those things are almost always based off of our, our own preferences. I value something. I like something, so it's, it's me versus them. It's us versus those people. The Bible breaks down people into two groups. And it does this repeatedly all throughout the Bible. And different parts of the Bible express it different ways, but it's all getting at the same concept. So if you have your Bibles today, I want you to grab them. We're gonna be in Psalm 1. If you're trying to find Psalm, you can pretty much flip to the middle of your Bible and go a little bit to the left, and you'll get 
the book of Psalms, and we'll be in Psalm 1, the very first one. The, the Psalms were songs and poems that the Jewish people sang. Most of them are directed to the Lord. Some of them are directed to us to teach us how to live. And Jesus, when he lived and walked on this earth, was in the Psalms regularly. He many, probably every day that he, once he became a little bit older, would have been in the Psalms. He would have memorized many of them. This was Jesus's playlist. Like, you got your favorite Spotify playlists? I've been looking for new music recently, and I've gone, my brother Isaiah has the best playlist. Like, he's, I'm the guy who listens to just, like, the same thing I listened to back in high school, right? I don't change very much. I don't get new music. So if I want something new, I go to his, and I listen to his, and he's got some amazing playlists this was Jesus's playlist, like the book of Psalms. So like, what, was, what was Jesus vibing to when he was you know, walking down the road, like riding his donkey? Psalm 1, like that's what he had. He had that on repeat, man. He just like, that was there. He loved that. This, this is Jesus's songs. And so we wanna, we wanna listen in and learn from them as well. This is what Psalm 1 says. Blessed is the man. Now stop for just a second. We'll keep going here. But blessed is the man. Now real fast, this isn't just talking about dudes. So ladies, y'all are part of this too. Over and over again in the wisdom literature in the Bible, there's this man who's lifted up as kind of the archetype. Like, we're gonna learn something about life for all people by focusing on one individual. And we're told that a certain kind of person is blessed. Blessed is this kind of man. The word blessed, many times when it's used in the Old Testament, is translated happy. Whenever it's used about things connected to God, they say blessed. But for me, honestly, blessed and this is probably a little wrong, but that doesn't resonate with my soul in the same way happy does. I hear blessed and I think of like, oh, bless your heart, you know? Or I think of someone say, how are you doing today? Well, I'm just blessed in the Lord. And I always just like was kind of confused about what exactly that meant. It was just something that old Baptist said to me. You know, I was never quite sure what that meant. But happy, I understand. Either way you go, blessed or happy, we're about to learn about how do you have a happy life or how do you have a blessed life? The psalmist is teaching us something. It's gonna come down to their two groups of people. Blessed or happy is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. The very first thing we're told is about what this person does not do. And the psalmist gives us three ways of understanding. The first way is someone who doesn't walk in the counsel or the advice or the wisdom of the wicked, of those opposed to God. What the psalmist is talking about is the way of thinking. How, how do we think? What's going through our heads? What we don't realize is often in our lives, we have absorbed the thinking of the world and the people around us. We've, we've absorbed this way of relating based on things that people are saying to us and things we're learning. So we've actually gotten this way of thinking. It's become our way. This is true about so many parts of our lives. This is true about our romantic lives, our sexual lives, our financial lives, our, any sort of relationship we have, our work lives, we've absorbed and adopted the perspectives of the people around us, often without even realizing it. You might think, oh, not me, I don't, I'm, my own, I'm my own man, I don't adopt other people's stuff. No, simply by viewing the world, by being on social media, by interacting with others, we begin to adopt the way of thinking of the people around us. And the Lord impressed it on my heart this week to share what I'm about to share. I was just gonna say it up front, but it fit very well here in this way of thinking and that is that I, the Lord impressed on my heart, especially for single people here. Can I get a little whoop whoop from my single people here? Just, yeah. It's like the group, single people are the group of people who, and everyone's trying to leave that group, right? There are two kinds of people. There's single people and not, and every single person just about is trying to leave that group. So a little whoop whoop there is good. Okay, so this is what the Lord impressed on my heart. He, he impressed on my heart that there is a spiritual harvest coming, and I believe this is true in our nation, 
There's a spiritual harvest coming to me, lots of people turning to the Lord, people who are in the church even, who aren't genuinely following Jesus, who will start following him, people who are far from God who will come close. I believe God is bringing this. In fact, Jesus told us in Luke chapter 10 to pray for the Lord to raise up workers for the harvest because it's time. And he was saying that back then, it's still time today. And so I was impressed that, I was was impressed in my heart that single people, you need to not be looking for the spouse who's what you're looking for or who is what will fulfill you. Look for the person who will be a partner with you in the harvest. This isn't something new. It's not like I'm making this up. You read the Bible and you get that, but I think someone needs to hear that today. I think every single person needs to hear that. I think uh, some people in particular you have been looking and praying for the wrong person and the wrong kind of thing. You need to start looking and praying for a partner in the harvest and God will bless you with that. Married people, you're not, you don't get to avoid this today, a little whoop whoop from the married people. All right, and this is all the people who are part of a group and they're stuck there, so it's, it's which is good too, you're, but you're, you don't really get a decision whether to leave or not, you're just kind of stuck there, which is praise God for that, okay? So you're locked in, but I want you to learn something here. God wants you and your spouse to be partners in the harvest, more than he wants you to have a, a, a picture-perfect marriage, because you won't, you already know that, you don't have that. Uh, more than he wants you to be able to communicate well, although he does want that for your life. He wants you to become and be partners in the harvest. And this is a way of thinking that is different than how the rest of the world is thinking. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna watch like a video on how to, you know, how to f- have a healthy relationship, and they're not gonna be like, partners in the harvest, right? There is like, they're not, there, there is like farmersmeet.com or whatever, right? But there's not like spiritualfarmersmeet.com. But that's what we need to start. It's like people coming together who are looking for partners in a spiritual harvest. And that's, that's a way of thinking that's different. But that way of thinking, like with your money, like what, what I listen to and watch and learn and like occasionally I'll listen to financial podcasts or I'll like see something about like finances or how to approach it or like I'm reevaluating my investing strategy. That's like the most boomer thing I've ever said. Re- reevaluating my investing strategy right now because of the market and I'm reading stuff on it. But like the goal is not to get more things or just to make more money or have more money. The goal that God has given us is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and be generous with what he's given us. And if we're gonna grow our wealth, we're doing it not so we have more money, but we can serve more people. And that's a different way of viewing the world than most of us are gonna get just by looking at stuff online. And so the, the first step that we're told here, if you wanna be happy, don't listen to the wisdom of the world and start thinking that way. The second thing that the psalmist tells us is the blessed or the happy person doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked and they also don't stand in the way of sinners. In other words, they don't stand in the path of sinners. What's a sinner? A sinner is someone who is not living within God's will. We've kind of, it sounds like an insult here, but it's not really. It's just someone who's not living in the will of God, not aligned with God's will. And so we're not supposed to not just think like the world, we're not supposed to walk on the path that the world has for us. Like there's so much in our world that wants to pressure and conform us to the world around us. The world is designed, even at a spiritual level, to conform us to the world around us. We're really bad at resisting that. Like, we think we're good. Like, oh, those, those sheeple might be conformed, not me. No, you're as much a sheeple as anybody else. Like, we are conformed to the world around us. Paul writes in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like, there's this thing that conforms us to the world around us. And as humans, we're very sensitive to what other people think and how they're living. So they, they did this study, psychologists did this study where they wanted to test just how much can we mess with people. You know, I feel like that's what psychologists do. Like when you become a psychologist, it's like you just get to mess with people professionally, which I'm actually reevaluating my life decisions right now because that sounds really fun. They did this test 
And they wanted to see if they could pressure people to say things they believed weren't true, which again, sounds wrong, right? That sounds like illegal to do, but, but they're doing it. And so they set up a bunch of people. I think they had 12 people in a room and 11 of the people were in on it. And then one of the person, one of the people just didn't know what was going on. And they had, they had a line up on, the, up on the screen. And the line was three inches long, let's say. It's a, it was a certain length long. And they had three other lines on the other side. And those were different lengths. And so one, the one line you're looking at, they said, okay, which of, like this line is the same length as which of these lines? And it was clear, it's like option B. But everybody else in the room was like, oh, it's clearly option A, and they answered A. And they finally got to the last person and said, now which one is it? And this is like a, a, a smart, intelligent person, and they're looking up at it, and they know the answer is B, but everybody else in the room has just said A. What are you gonna do? Now, like, real talk here. I wanna say that I would choose the right answer, but I'm not sure. Like, because I trust my mind, but I don't know if I trust it that much. And they found out that 75% of participants would at least on one of the answers answer what everybody else said and not what they knew was right. 75% of people are gonna just go with the flow and do it. That's 75% of us. Like, maybe you're part of that 25% who would stand strong on what you believe, but 75% of us are gonna adjust so that we fit in so that we're walking on the same path as everybody else. The same is true with the rest of our lives. Like we, we conform our lives to the world around us. And if you wanna be happy, the Bible says, here, you wanna be blessed or happy, we don't conform to the thinking or the way of life. And the final thing we're told, it's not just about thinking, it's not just about a way of life, but the blessed person, the happy person, does not sit in the seat of scoffers. Now, what's a scoffer? When I hear the word scoffer, I think coughing at somebody, right? Like, I don't know why, I just scoff, cough, it's like, you're like coughing at somebody. That's not what it is. Scoffing is someone who's mocking somebody else. Specifically in this, someone who is mocking the way of God. Someone who is scoffing at the way of God. Someone who is heckling the way of God. Like imagine, like how, how do you even heckle the way of God? By what you're talking about and what you're focusing on. Like, and and this, this is what's key here is it's not just thinking and behaving. This third level is we're not even supposed to sit in the seat. We're not supposed to sit down with someone who's mocking the things of God. This is about belonging, you see, there's a progression here. It's like how you think shapes how you behave, and then how you behave shapes how you belong. And as humans, we desperately want to belong. Many of us are still getting over like middle school when you didn't fit in. And like, we're, there's still this insecurity, I'm serious, still this insecurity built into us of like, I just wanna fit in as humans. We wanna find that place of belonging. And the problem is the places of belonging we often find are not the places of godliness. So you're at work and everyone's gossiping. Everyone's dragging somebody else. They're talking down about your manager who may be a jerk. I don't know. But there's this, this pressure to, to like belong to that group, right? And if you don't, if you even end it, or if you say, well, let's, let's not talk about this, or I'm not comfortable gossiping about someone this way, suddenly you're on the outside. No one wants to be on the outside, but God's word calls us to be on the outside. And we're not supposed to think or behave or even to belong. We're supposed to be different, but how do we be different? This is what it says next. We're not supposed to live in these ways. The, the blessed or the happy person doesn't live in these ways. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. His delight or his desires in the law of the Lord. I wanna talk about this word law for just a minute. When I hear law, I don't get excited. I don't think delight. Like when I think law, I think I'm getting pulled over for a ticket, right? I think that like this is the rules you have to follow. But we're told here that we delight in the law of God what does that mean? The law for them would have been the first five books of the Bible, especially. 
but it's also a way of talking about everything God has communicated to us through Scripture. So back when this was written, there was just part of the Old Testament written, but now we have all 66 books of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. The word law, uh, in, in the Hebrew, it's Torah. It doesn't primarily mean written laws. What it means is instruction or teaching. So we're supposed to delight in the instruction of God. The creator of the world has given us the instructions of how to live, and if we follow that, we'll have a happy life. So that's what scripture is. It's the instructions for us. How many of you know if you got a problem, you don't know what to do, you have two friends. One's Google and one's YouTube, right? Like, I, I, just, I just said it got done. I'm not done with it yet. I'm about 11 months into a, a bathroom remodel right now, which is, it's not, that's wrong to call it a bathroom remodel for 11 months. It was a bathroom avoid the remodel for 11 months is where I'm at. So I'm like almost a year into avoiding finishing up this bathroom remodel. And I remember it hit me at one point because it started off as a small project. We're just gonna replace the tile in the bathtub, pretty simple. But once you rip the bathtub and the tile out, then you have to rip out the other stuff and then you keep ripping out. So by the end of it, I was looking around and there was nothing left in the bathroom. It was studs. It was like back to the studs. And then the problem is I don't know how to rebuild it. You know, like how do you, how do you build this thing back? So I went to YouTube and YouTube taught me, just like graciously led me through. I just like, it was like this granddad teaching me how to live life and it was YouTube. And there are amazing videos. Like I learned how to rewire everything there. Like I remember being up in my attic at one point and I was sweating because it's in the attic and it's hot during the summer. And I'm like rewiring things and like cutting wires and splicing them together. And like, how did I have the confidence to do that? Because YouTube told me how to do it, right? It's the instruction manual. I've had stuff go wrong with my car. And like, yeah, I could take it to a qualified mechanic, but I'm a cheapskate, so I don't. I go to YouTube. And like, there's some dude out there who spent like a Saturday afternoon making a whole video about specifically a 2007 Toyota Corolla and how to get one of the lights to turn off on the dash that shouldn't be on. Like, I don't know why did he spend his time doing this. I don't know, but he isn't instructing me in the way of 2007 Toyota Corollas. And we do this. I mean, how many of us go to, go to YouTube for something, right? To teach you how to, yeah, this is how we do it. Like we, we, we go somewhere else or you go to WikiHow, right? If you're not quite as with the times or you go to like Ask Jeeves. I don't know where you go, but you go online to, to learn how to get instruction. Well, the Bible is that for us. And I'm not to, here to trivialize the Bible. I mean, the Bible's so much more than just a how-to manual, but it's the instructions God has given us. In fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, Paul talks about scripture and its purpose. And he says, the purpose of scripture is so that the person of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. So scripture is not about learning more. It's about becoming more of what God wants you to be, about becoming ready to do the job, do the task he's put before you in life. And yeah, do you learn from scripture? Absolutely. There's a lot you can learn. But too many of us, I think, go to the Bible and want to learn more instead of going to the Bible and wanting to become more. When you go to the Bible wanting to learn more, you'll learn more and you probably won't change that much. But when you go to the Bible seeking what God wants to become and wants he, what he wants you to become, then you will grow through that. So the Bible's the instruction and we're told if you want to have a happy life, you wanna be a blessed person, then you delight in the instruction of God and what he has said, what he's commanded us. So the psalmist is telling us there's two groups of people. There's the people who listen to God's instruction, and there's people who listen to the world around them. That's the breakdown. You see this throughout the Bible, the breakdown of people. The happy person is the one who ignores the world and the one who focuses on the instruction of God. So it says, delight in the law of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord. And then it says, on this instruction, he meditates day and night. What does the word meditate mean? It doesn't mean here, the, the Hebrew word doesn't mean that you sit down, cross your legs, and you start humming, right? It doesn't mean that. 
Uh, the truth is most of us would have trouble sitting down and crossing our legs for very long right now. Your legs start to go to sleep really fast. And like, I don't know if this is an age thing or lack of stretching thing or what it is, but I'm still pretty young and I still can't do that very long. So like, there's some stretching that's definitely needed, right? There's two types of people in this world, people who stretch and people who don't, right? That's the two types. And so meditation's not that. What meditation means here is to mutter. It means to, to mumble. It's actually a word that's used of a dove, like the cooing of a dove, this like low cooing of a dove. It's used actually of a lion, like, like it's when it's like got that low growl over its prey. That word is used in the Bible as well. So it's like, it's like to, to mutter something, to mumble something. We're supposed to have scripture so absorbed into our lives that we are muttering it over, speaking it over. It's rattling around in our brains and coming out on our lips as well. We should know God's word. Back in the summer of 2012, I got my first job in the middle of college. It was a summer job. I was working on a landscaping architecture crew, and, which, and I was the low man on the totem pole. So there was one several-day period where I think I moved like six tons of rock in a wheelbarrow. Like, that's just all I did back and forth. Just like, that was my job. I was not the skilled laborer. I was the labor laborer, okay? That's what my goal was, what I had to do. And during that time, I started listening to, for the first time in my life, country music, now, I always said, like, I'll listen to anything back in high school. I'll listen to anything, but I'm not a fan of country music. Anybody else with me on that? Just not going to listen to it. And then I got stuck in a truck with these guys every single day, driving to jobs, coming back from jobs, and all they played was, like, Miss 103, just country music nonstop. And I hated it at first, but the Lord did a work in my heart, <laughs> opened me up. And it got, to, it got really bad, though, because, you know, they're playing the same songs over and over again. Uh, someone told me that was when Florida Georgia Line first, first got big that summer. Cruz got big that summer. I don't remember that one, but I remember Voices by Chris Young. Oh my goodness, that spoke to my soul. Let's talk about all the voices he has in his head, his grandparents, stuff they said to him, his grandparents. Like, you know, granddad said to work, work hard, but don't work your life away. You know, grandma said, put a little something that often played on Sunday. It's just good, it's good stuff. And like, Oh, and so, I, so what would happen, though, is I was listening to it so much because they were playing it incessantly on Miss 103 that I remembered literally days I woke up and before, like, the alarm was, went off, before I'd even, like, turned to get out of bed, I had Chris Young's voice in my head. I hear voices all the time. And just, like, like singing to me, and I, but I'm hearing his voice, which is really meta if you think about it. I'm hearing his voice singing about the voices he has in his head. And then I'm hearing the voices because he's singing it. And, like, that's rattling around in my brain. Chris Young was forming my heart during that summer. Like he was shaping me because I was, I was meditating on his words. That's what meditation is. It's, it's, this, it's rattling around your brain. It's coming out. You're muttering about it. You're singing it. You're thinking about it. And that's what we are called to do with the word of God. That God's instruction should have this massive place in our life. When you go to bed and then wake up the next day, you should, be, you should have scripture rattling around. Not the concern about the project coming up that you've got, not the frustration with the relationship, not the fact that the stock market's going down right now, not what's happening in the news right now. Like your life should so absorb the word of God that when you wake up, when, you get, when you're going around, when, you, when something happens when you're driving to work, that you're meditating on God's word. You should absorb it. And that is what allows us to live a happy life because the instruction of God, how we should live our lives is present with us. So that's the two groups of people. And then the psalmist goes on to say, okay, here is what happens with these two groups of people. The person who's meditating on the word of God, the person who's focusing and delighting on the instruction of God. Verse three, he is like a tree planted by streams of water. It yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Here's the rumble strip God's given us to keep us 
on track. God's instruction creates true happiness. God's instruction creates lasting prosperity in our lives. God's instruction creates real success in our lives. It's not the other things around us that lead us there. It's God's instruction, his teaching that creates that in us. So we have to surround our lives with the instruction of God, the word of God. And we'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. If you're a tree, that's the best place to be. If you're a tree, you want water, you need water. And what's interesting here is that we're not just taking the water and then handing it off to someone else. God actually wants us to take in the water and he wants to create something in you that is more complex and interesting and beneficial to the word or to the world than just quoting his word. Like he wants to build fruit in you that comes out of your life for other people. It says that the fruit comes out in its season. Like that means there's a regularity to what you're producing. You're not just like, woo, I like finally did something and like produced some good fruit. There's this regular ongoing work where God is bringing goodness out of your life and blessing others around you and bringing joy and productivity. It's, like it's coming out of you because you're right by God's word, his instruction that's coming up into you. The other thing it says is that the leaf doesn't wither. In other words, there are not times of drought when you are grounded in the instruction of God when you are following and listening and absorbing his way, there's not these times of drought, but you are continuing on in what he has for you. And then it says, in everything, somebody say everything. In everything that he does, he prospers. Like when, when you're rooted in the instruction of God, you will prosper in everything. This is not a name it, claim it, prosperity gospel, just put in 10 bucks and the Lord's gonna give you a thousand bucks. It's not that. It's when we align ourselves with, God instruction, with God's instruction, we can have confidence that he will bring prosperity to our lives. My sister was living in Indianapolis a couple years ago. The Lord saved her out of that. We, we think that's her Egypt time. Like, like by his power, he brought her back to Mississippi. She is safely here. She has passed through the, the fire and the flood and he has brought her to Canaan and to the promised land. Somebody say amen here. Like brought us here to Mississippi. So she's back here. But she was up there and she had just left a job teaching. She was looking for another job. And she had a school offer her this position. And they said, but we need your answer by this day. The problem was she had a former principal she really wanted to work for. He had mentored her really well. And he was gonna find out literally 24 hours later if he got this, this principal job. And he was gonna hire her if he did. Like hire her to a really good job. So she's got an option. Do I take this job or do I wait 24 hours and take this job? Or do I take job number one that they, they said they have to have an answer. And then if the other job works out, call them back 24 hours later and say, actually, I'm not gonna be able to do it anymore. It's my situation changed. She asked me what I thought. And you know, as the knower of all good things, the infinite fount of wisdom, what I told her is this. Commit to the job, job number one, and then if the other thing works out, you don't know if it will, but if it works out 24 hours later, just come back and say, hey, this shifted, I had another job opportunity, I'm gonna take that. She hadn't signed a contract, wouldn't have signed a contract. Just come back and take that other job. Seems pretty obvious to me. She was conflicted about it. And then she was reading in God's word, in Psalms, actually, Psalm 15, Psalm 15 is all about who can dwell on God's holy hill. In other words, who is close to God and God's describing the kind of person who can be. And it says in Psalm 15, verse four, what kind of person can be with God? The person who swears to their own hurt and does not change. In other words, someone who commits their life to a way and even if it's harmful to them, they keep their word. They're people of integrity. And my sister read that and the Holy Spirit applied it to her heart. And she knew if she committed to school number one and then found out there's a better opportunity 24 hours later, she could not change. So she didn't take school number one. Principal didn't get the job. 
She had to go work at another school that year, and it was miserable, and she prospered because of it. She today, a couple years later, is more fulfilled, happy, content, and joyful than she has ever been in her life. And I don't think that's an accident. When you swear to your own hurt and don't change, when you trust God's instruction, even if it costs you in the moment, God will bring happiness and blessedness to your life. The problem is we don't trust that God will. So in the moment, we choose our own way. That Hannah today, I really believe it because she was willing to trust God, follow him, and not just in that decision, but over and over again, follow his instruction. God's blessing her life. She's happy in a way that she never could have been on her own. Are you willing to sacrifice what you want in order to have what God has for you? God's instruction creates true happiness, real success, and lasting prosperity. This is what it says about the person, the other group of people, who follows the way of the world. The wicked are not so, they're not like the tree, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But the Lord knows, or he cares about, he's paying attention to the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What it says about the wicked is they're like chaff that the wind blows away. Chaff is what you get from grain. So you have, you have this grain and you need to thresh it now. So they thresh it by hitting the grain and then the good part of the grain would come out as heavier. They'd have the leaves and other stuff left that they didn't need, the pieces of grass they didn't need. So they'd take all of that, together they'd throw it up in the air and the wind would carry away everything that was useless, everything that's weightless and the good part would fall back down. And what the psalmist says is if you're not following God, you're following your own way your life is useless and weightless. You're just bouncing around from thing to thing. I think the modern word I'd use is it's superficial. Why is your life superficial if you're not following the instruction of God? Because we on our own are superficial. We change day to day. What you want changes day to day. I mean, sometimes what you want changes minute to minute. Like you're just, you just hate your life and you hate the world and then you eat some nachos and everything's good again. Like that's the definition of superficial, Right? And so often we make decisions off of the limited circle of friends we have, the people giving us advice who probably aren't very wise. We make decisions on base, based on how we feel or what we think we want for the next six months. But we don't base our decisions too often on the instructions of God. So we end up like skipping across the surface. We're just living day to day. We're living month to month based on what we want. But when we tie ourselves back into the instruction of God, that gives us a depth and it gives us a firm foundation we can depend on so no matter what happens, we can be confident. God has said this. He has got this. It's his instructions. I'm following him. And that is the value of following God's word. It keeps us on the path. God's instruction creates real happiness, creates true success, and it creates lasting prosperity. So my question for you is this. Are you willing to trust God's instruction? Are you willing to focus on it? Not just say, I believe the word. I think most Christians, most people in church, shoot, even people not in church, but yeah, the Bible's good. It's got some good stuff in there. But are you delighting in it, meditating on it? We have something here at Foundry called the One Year Bible. It's a Bible reading plan. Uh, these are free. You can get, get them out. This is what it looks like on the front. Just a black book that says One Year Bible. You can get this out in the next steps area. I'd really encourage you if you don't have one to get it. It's also a way you can journal. And so I hate journaling personally. Like I just really despise sitting down and writing something out by hand. But this has been amazingly powerful as a tool to help me meditate on God's word. 
to focus on it, to remember it, to let it go deep into my heart. So read my Bible every day. I journal. I do the here journal is what we call it some of the days. There's four parts to the here journal. It's all explained in here. So grab one of these if you don't have one. But the here journal, you highlight a verse. You explain what it means. H-E, explain what it means. A, you apply it to your life. And R, you respond with a written prayer. Very simple process, but it is incredibly deep. I want to read you one from August 29th. This is just a random one. It kind of fits with today, so I want to share it. I read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, which is a really simple verse. Paul's talking about how everything wastes away, but God's word doesn't. And he says, this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. What you're going through right now, the slight momentary affliction, affliction is a preparing you for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So I wrote about that. This is what I said. In this chapter, Paul is recognizing the challenge of faithfully, faithfully following Jesus. Not only that, but our very physical selves are degrading. But that's not the full story. The affliction we experience is preparing us for a weight of glory beyond all comparison. We have a hope and a future that is not degrading or decaying. It is eternal. Our perspective then should be fixed on the unchanging, the eternal, and the unseen, not on our challenge right now. I don't know what your life is like. That's the truth I need to hear and meditate on. It's not about the challenge right now. It's on the eternal, the unchanging that God has. I applied it to my life. This is my application. Read my Bible, pray, fast, and meditate to focus my soul on eternal things. My written prayer and response is, Jesus, you are the eternal word. Help me to fix my eyes on you and embody your priorities in my transient earthly reality. What does it look like to be a happy person? A blessed person. Looks like reading, following, delighting, and meditating on the instruction of God. Absorbing it into our lives, letting it rattle around our brains, letting it change how we live. And as we follow God's instruction, we'll be happy people. We've got to say no to the counsel or advice of the world around us. We have to say no to the way of living of the world around us. We have to say no to belonging to the world around us. But we say yes to the instruction of God. It's really that simple. There are two groups of people. People who trust the world, trust their own way, and people who say, no, I'm going to listen to God's instruction. Because, because God's instruction it really does create true happiness, real success, and lasting prosperity.